Listen and follow the Left Wing Rugby podcast with me, Will Slattery and Luke Fitzgerald. As far as I can see, I always want to get in the Irish team. And that should be every young player's dream and ambition in this country. And if you're playing in a place where you're not going to get the opportunities in the big games, that they're the ones that get you picked. They are the ones, the Champions Cup games are the ones that get you picked. You need to be playing in a team and starting in a team for those games. It's as simple as that if you want to play in the Irish team. Every week on Apple, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Remember, you can stay up to date on the latest news with the Irish Independent WhatsApp channel. Today on the Indo Daily, Kevin Backhurst's belt tightening and a long road back from scandal for RTE. One in five jobs are set to go at RTE as part of a wide-ranging plan to cut costs in the wake of the Ryan Tuberty payment scandal. The plan was announced to staff today by the Director-General Kevin Backhurst, who said it would cost in the region of €40 million for a redundancy package. Several services are set to be scaled back, with some disappearing altogether. I'm Kevin Doyle, and today on the Indo Daily, I'm joined by Ireland editor of the Irish Independent, Fionn Sheehan, to look at the scale of the cost cutting at RTE and ask what will it mean for the future of the national broadcaster. Fionn, looking through the plan, it has lots of words like streamlining, modernisation, simplify, strategic. What's your first impression? Well, the plans set out in this new direction for RT are intended to transform the organisation to one that is significantly streamlined with internal overheads permanently reduced. So there is a lot of that. There's not a whole lot of, of detail uh, in terms of uh, what it's actually going to mean financially for the organisation. What we know as of today is that they're going to be down 60 million in licence fee revenue already and that they were going to be down 34 and a half in a, in a shortfall. That's that's 95. The government are promising them 56. So there's a, there's a gap uh, there uh, of 40 million already that RTE aren't really explaining where exactly that is is coming from. The the headline figure is a, a headcount reduction of, of 400, but that will include uh, people leaving the organisation naturally to go on to other, other jobs, people retiring uh, and uh, some level of of redundancy uh, on top of that on, on the voluntary basis. Uh, side so there's a on the on the initial round round of redundancies for next year uh it it's 40 now given that there were some suggestions that up to 170 people had been rejected for redundancy last time around uh you don't exactly imagine that they'd, they'd have difficulties uh getting that what it does where the questions are arising though is what happens to the people who are working in particular sectors where RT are saying I would either A, we're no longer going to do that or we're now going to outsource it to independent production companies. They're saying that their spend and their commissioning of independent productions will go up by 50% over the coming years. So and if you have the Kevin Doyle show, uh, a horrific spectacle in its own right, <laughs> but you're presenting your, your chat show on a, on a Tuesday night. You'll never be a guest on that one. Yeah, on. on a Tuesday night, there's 20 people working on it between researchers and and. and production and floor managers and so on and so forth that show is scrapped where do those people go so are they having to be moved elsewhere in the organisation on, on to other shows where is the saving coming about because of that 
So none of that is really spelled out uh, here at all. There's no reference at all either to to mandatory redundancies. Uh, That has actually been uh, referred to in a number of consultancy reports over recent years that RTE might have to to go down uh, that route. The cuts in services uh, seem minimal enough. So we're we're, we're still kind of none the wiser uh, about where the substantial cost reductions are going to come from uh, beyond the the just the reduction of, of 400. So you can say, right, well, look, your wage bill uh, makes up half of your output. If you're reducing uh, your staffing uh, by one in five, then presumably that, that'll take knock off uh, about 10% uh, off your off your overall overheads uh, per annum. Maybe that's where, where the figures are coming from. But certainly if you're reading through this document, you, you don't get that intrinsic level of detail that you would have thought would be necessary. 400 jobs is a huge number. Maybe we'll come back to a second. But I know you've told us a lot there of what's not in this. Can we talk about what is in this document that has been brought out? It's called New Direction. It's a uh, 10-point plan, borrowing, I suppose, from Enda Kenny's old five-point plan once upon a time for turning the economy around. The first headline to come out of that, running on the Irish Independent website, is around the pay for the top presenters. And let's be honest, it's probably small in the scale of things we're talking about here. But Ken Backhurst has announced that nobody in RTE will earn more than him. And he's on 250000 a year. So the implication is that... Joe Duffy, Claire Byrne and Miriam O'Callaghan are up for pay cuts whenever their contracts are being renewed. And I did back of the back of the envelope calculations. You'll remember at the height of the Ryan Tuberty controversy, they all revealed how much they're getting paid at the moment. That will save about €150,000. Everyone else is earning less than Kevin Backer. It's a small change in the scheme of things. Yeah, there's also a commitment to reduce the number of staff making over 100 grand. There's no specifics there on how many they're they're talking about there. Uh, so some of the things that that are in in the plan, as we talked about, 50% increase in in commissioning spend by 2028. So you'll go to the independent production sector and say these are shows that either RT is making at the moment or RT could make and now we want independent producers uh, to make them. We had heard it in government circles there was talk of things like Fair City and the Sunday game uh, being in, in the frame uh, there. Uh, TG Cahar already uses that that model uh, quite successfully as well. They're also talking about expanding the production outside of Dublin, in particular Cork. Cork, how does Coincidentally, that save money? with three cabinet ministers mm-hmm. sitting in it, is the, the big winner uh, here. So particularly pleasing for Can you explain that to Leon me, Martin, Martin, Michael McGrath and Simon Coveney. Because D Forbes had a plan previously and it involved things like reducing services out of Limerick because the more bases you have, you have the cost of facilities, you have the cost of security, you have the cost of staff in those regions. This flips that. And I saw, explain to me how D Forbes thought it would save money to close some of these regional offices and Kevin Backhurst reckons it'll save money to expand on them. Yeah, so, so D Forbes uh, threatened to close down Limerick uh, four or five years ago, uh, the Limerick Studios, which also have uh, Lyric FM produced uh, out of it. And on that occasion, predictably, there's a big backlash from politicians in, in the mid in the Midwest uh, region. RT would already also have a, a big footprint uh, in in 
Galway with their, their sister station, uh, TG Cahar, uh, and Cork has a production unit in place already that, that produces uh, the, the Today Show Dahi and Mara in the middle of the afternoon and, and nationwide. So th- what Kevin Backer's plan is saying here is that there more can be done in the regions. Now, you'd, you'd presume there are some form of efficiencies uh, to be brought about uh, there. Again, I don't really see how in, in pay, because you're going to still have to pay a producer in Dublin is going to be paid the, the, the same uh, in, in Cork. But it would appear that he's basically saying you can do it more efficiently uh, outside of Dublin and that it is better for the organisation to not be entirely uh, centralised out of of Dublin. So the interesting thing is that there's a lot in this document that will require increased investment both in terms of, of production and also in particular on the digital side but it's not really explaining where that extra funding is going to come from. So you have cutbacks on the one side, but then you've got expansions uh, of your, on, particularly on, on the tech side, uh, on on the other. No real explanation of, of, of where the, the, the that'll come from. He's also talking about RT being smaller. He keeps talking about being, becoming smaller, leaner organisation, more efficient, more adaptable uh, to, to to change. Talk about investment in technology, skills uh, and and people along with the 20% headcount. So it's kind of people who are there at the moment, one in five of you will, gone, will be gone. The rest of you will be changing the way in which you operate and will provide uh, education and, and training uh, around that. There's a number of financial governance uh, reforms which we can run to. A, rev- a register of commercial interests, a register of commercial activities, published expenses, salaries of the leadership team and an anonymized 100, top 100 salaries. Now, they, they ran into trouble on the top 100 salaries because they basically uh, landed in a position where people objected to the idea uh, that their salaries would be published. It would cause friction. So they, they weren't able to do that. They claimed to the Oireachtas uh, committees. Salaries of leadership team, that's that's not a, bi- a big deal. There's, there's an interim leadership team in place. There's 10 people on that. Should be able to, to go through that. Uh, published expenses for them as well. The register of commercial interests. This can uh, more likely be called the, the Marty Morrissey and Lottie Ryan legacy uh, project because what we were seeing was was that there were guidelines and rules in place in RTE uh, around what uh, commercial arrangements that staff could have, but these were not always being adhered to. So we had a situation where where Lottie Ryan was filming a, 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 a commercial advertising video for a car dealership uh, who she was getting a sponsored car off on the RTE campus without the, without the permission. We also uh, had uh, Darren Garrity promoting uh, porridge oat flakes uh, from her desk inside in the RTE 2FM studio. And we had Marty Morrissey who, who who was given a car and kept a car for several years and it was basically saying that in, in the fallout from the whole Ryan Tuberty affair there were all these other commercial arrangements in place that nobody really had a handle on in, in RTE management and this is basically saying there will now be a register of that so it will it will tighten up uh, on all of those. Disappointingly what is not there and there is no mention of it whatsoever is there's a lot of talk of greater value for money and savings and delivery for the, the license fee and, and so on. There's no mention of any breakdown between how RTE spend their money between uh, the, their public sector broadcasting remit, so that's your news, your current affairs, your your culture, uh, your children's output, 
and your purely commercial output. Uh, the two Johnnies go to the pub, for example, where there's very little to, to be recommended there in terms of uh, a public sector remit. But you, you would have expected that this was an opportunity to show this is what you get in return for your €160 Euros that, that you're paying in licence fee, but not really a whole lot there. There is a lot of talk about greater transparency and improved governance. But, you know, I'd say that was one that was being flagged by a number of cabinet ministers earlier on this summer, that they really wanted RTE to do a better job of explaining to the public what it is that they get in return for their licence fee. Okay, finally, Fiona, there are three key stakeholders in all of this. One is the public, and I suggest that we won't know what they think straight away. We'll have to wait and see whether people start paying their TV licence. So we're in a holding pattern on that one as to whether people will be convinced. There are the workers and then there are the government who RT are asking for a massive bailout. How are those two likely to react to this document? Yeah, so the, so the public, we know that X number of people are now not buying their licence fee uh, compared to, to, to last uh, year because they're going to be down 21 million this year. And if that continues to grow, then that's a problem. There is a commitment. Uh, then we move on to the government side. Government has already confirmed there's 40 million on the table here to be to be handed to uh, RTE uh, in funding to, to get them over the, the current financial crisis on top of the 16 that was already committed. So there's 56 million on the table there. And before this document was even published, government ministers and teachers were running out to say, yeah, we'll be given uh, RTE uh, uh, that bailout. The longer term issue is a bigger problem, Marty. There is references in here to, oh, the government is promising that there will be a, a review of the, the funding model and that the licence fee will be reformed. Hooray, by 2025. What's happening in 2025? There's a general election. There's not a hope uh, that a government is going to be coming up uh, with massive changes uh, to a structure like that in the year of, of an election. So that'll be in the in the lifetime uh, of the of the next uh, of the next government. The workers, uh, you already saw that there was upset because uh, um, elements of this plan were were, were leaked, uh, and they will look at this and they will say. Uh, there were there was mistakes and excess at the top of the organisation, and it's the ordinary worker on the ground who's paying the price. Fiona Sheen, thank you very much. I'm Kevin Doyle, and today's episode was produced by Garrett Mulhall with sound by Gavin Hennessy. You can listen to more on the RTE story by tuning into the podcast listed in the show's notes. You can also follow this developing story online at the Irish Independent website. If you enjoy the Indo Daily, don't forget to like, follow, and leave us a review. This week on Crime World... There was a Republican police from 1920. I mean, the IRA was effectively trying to run an underground government. And actually, there was a crime wave. 1919, 1920, there's a wave of bank robberies, post office robberies, robberies of individuals, robberies of pubs in Dublin and in rural areas as well. So the IRA tried to actually clamp down on that. They, on occasion, solving bank robberies and giving the money back to the banks. Now, I'm Nicola Talent, and you can listen to my podcast, Crime World, wherever you get your podcasts.